Blog Talk Radio. show live. I'm your show host, Dame Lillian Walker, and I am in beautiful Southern California, Orange County, and today with us we have the amazing Chris Salem, who is an accomplished international keynote speaker, wellness advocate, and a change facilitator focused on resolving the root cause to both emotional and physical challenges for sustainable success with both individuals and businesses. Now, Chris has a very special passion for empowering business leaders, entrepreneurs, sales executives, coaches, authors, and speakers to take their business and life to another level by operating in the solution rather than the delusion of the problem. Now, Chris shares from experience what has worked successfully for him through understanding the root cause behind the effects of limiting patterns in our lives. He's the originator of the term Prospener, I love that term. Listen again, Prospener, which is an individual whose health and wealth are in alignment in a way that leads to true, true lasting prosperity. So without further ado, let's talk to Chris Salem and welcome him on our show. He is the master, your inner critic author. Chris, thank you for being on our show. Chris? Can you hear us, Chris? I think we are having trouble hearing Chris. Chris, can you hear us? Hear you. Oh, we hear you now. Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, thank okay. you for being on the Bottom Line Show live, Chris. Yes, great to be here. Good, good morning and good afternoon wherever you are. We are in Southern California in uh, what's also known as Surf City, USA, Huntington Beach. Whereabouts in the world are are we finding you this morning? I'm in uh, Danbury, Connecticut, which is about one hour north of New York City. So it's a lovely fall day, but it feels like summer came back because it's about Ah. 78 degrees here. Wow. So it's uh, close to uh, the same temperature we got going out here in the Sunny Southern California. Very, very nice. Very nice. Absolutely. Well, Hopefully, uh, it'll stay around for a few days. Yes, yes, yes. We like bright, sunny days. So, before we dive in deep into our subject matter about our um, how to quiet, you know, that inner critic in our mind, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, did you grow up on the East Coast or did you grow up on the West Coast? Where did you grow up, and did you have a big family, a small family? Well, I grew up here in the East Coast. I had first five years of my life were down in the Tampa area, Clearwater, Florida, and then spent most of my uh, childhood and my teenage years here in Danbury, Connecticut. And then from there, I had uh, lived out west in Arizona, attended Arizona State University, Sun Devils, and a little brief time in California, Washington, back through Chicago, and then back to Danbury, Connecticut area. So that's where I've been for the last 17, 18 years. 
Wonderful, wonderful. So you did your elementary school and uh, junior high and all that, uh, basically in the East Coast in Connecticut. And, and Correct. Florida. Fantastic, Correct. fantastic. Did you come from a big family or a small family? or? Uh, just a, an average family. I had a, a younger brother, and through uh, my father had remarried again, and had a uh, I had a step stepsister. So uh, just a, a stepsister and a younger brother. Wonderful, wonderful. So you had a, a small, intimate family. And uh, how did you get into the path of being a prospereur? Well, a prospereur, this is something that is, it was in the making or a term I, I came up with a long time ago. But for some reason, I just never really put it to use. Or, you know, you know I recently had decided to trademark it uh, a little about almost two years ago. But back in, uh, in the late 90s, you know, I had w- went through a really tough process. I, had, I had, had, was battling a health ailment with my back uh, throughout the 90s. And I was struggling uh, emotionally uh, and spiritually. And when I was able to go through the process, which I cover in terms of resolving the root cause to have sustainable success, I was able to really try, find my true purpose and find you know, optimal health. And, and it was at that, that point I began to see that when you have your health and wealth in alignment, and when I mean wealth, not just money, but living your purpose, living to your why, and having the freedom to be who you are and to offer value in something that you're very good at, when those were in alignment, that was the definition of true prosperity. So it, it prompted me to come up with the term prospereur. And again, I recently trademarked it uh, just roughly about a year and a half ago. Wow. I love that term because it's obvious, you know, in the first four letters of the word that you're uh, dealing with prosperity. So that's, uh, I think, a very beautiful thing. And I've never heard anybody else uh, use that term. So I think, uh, you know, that's a wonderful use of the English language. So Absolutely. So hopefully more. we'll see if it catches on. <laughs> it, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. So what do you actually do as a speaker and as a change facilitator? So as a speaker, I, I speak on a wide variety of different motivational, inspirational topics including personal development and business development. So that includes sales training and so forth. However, where my sweet spot is with speaking is really talking about the authentic self. So in terms of when it applies to leadership, I do a lot in the terms of authentic leadership, uh, things on wellness and how wellness has an impact not only on your overall well-being but also on your business, whether if you work for somebody or you're your own business. And when I talk about wellness, it's not just the physical side of wellness, but the eight pillars of wellness. That can be spiritual wellness, financial wellness, occupational wellness, social wellness, emotional wellness, intellectual wellness, environmental wellness, and, of course, physical wellness. And when all of these are working congruently together in some sort of balance, you're going to be operating at an optimal level in terms of your health. But if any of those segments are off, they, they directly have an impact on other pillars of wellness, which can really throw you off and have uh, a negative impact on your business and overall well-being. So I talk on that, and I do a lot in terms of, you know, helping people to really learn about how to personally brand themselves. But where my sweet spot is, is with with even with my book coming out, is really helping people to solve the root cause to their emotional and physical challenges 
that will allow them to have sustainable success to reach the next level in their life and business. So it's really speaking and creating awareness in that particular area that if they're looking for true success in all areas of their life or in their business, and this can go also apply to businesses in itself, you need to re- resolve the root cause. It's very, very important and something that many people in businesses overlook. They're looking for short-term solutions, quick fixes, but I talk on getting to the root cause that we all have within us or as a company, our own capabilities to solve our own problems, that we don't necessarily have to be looking for these short-term fixes to do it. Well, and I'm so glad that you talk about getting to the root cause because, as you know, most medical professionals uh, and in medicine today, typically doctors don't look for the root cause. They just see whatever symptoms it is that you're having, and based on the signs and symptoms that you're manifesting, they treat those, but they really never get to the bottom line of what the root cause is. So tell me, why is it that your approach is to get to that root cause? Why is because I see so many people just, you know, struggling. I mean, even if it appears they have everything going for them, behind the scenes in some area of their life, they're struggling. Businesses struggle, either whether if they're struggling as a business unit or because there may be certain individuals in a business unit or collectively in the company that may be struggling personally. And that has a negative impact over everything involved. So the thing is I see so many things out there that, are, that will help to manage the, the symptom or the effects or provide a short-term solution but yet not truly solve the problem. And it's just like a merry-go-round. It's just it constantly you see some gains and then setbacks, gains and then setbacks. So with resolving the root cause, you know, you have the, and I can go into more in length, but you have the ability to go within to find where the true cause is. And it's something that usually has stems back to your childhood that's related to a negative emotion, whether that be anger, uh, shame, guilt, uh, jealousy, envy, or any combination thereof, and be able to truly identify what it is and then, tr- then release it and then begin to adopt the right types of habits and behaviors that will enable the positive side of your inner critic to recreate, to create better situations in terms of your health, your business, your prosperity overall, that you can have sustainable success in those areas. Um, you talk about in your book about you know the devil inside you and you equate your brain potentially as a trash can. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, all of us are conditioned from an early age. We're, you know, we're dependent upon how we're brought up. We're led to believe certain things. And during that process, you know, children, are, our brains are like sponges. We absorb a lot of information and a lot of things. A lot of things we, we mirror off of the, our parents. Or perhaps it was a, a teacher or someone close to us. And in some cases, there are a lot of positive experiences, and there's also negative experiences. And, and, and in certain cases, people go through major emotional traumatic events. These have tremendous impact on people long-term, well into their adulthood. So within, you know, with the devil inside, what that means is there's always going to be a positive and there's going to be a negative voice inside of you that's always talking to you. And it's a question of which side are you going to listen to? And and the key is to really begin to understand the process by raising your level of consciousness to become aware of truly who you are, that you are not what the negative critic tells you, says that you are, based upon the experience that you've gone through or what you've been led 
to believe. So the key is to, is to really, you know, come in, to get in tune with both sides, but to know that you have a choice to listen to the positive side that, that reflects your true being. You know, and as I'm hearing you say that, uh, I'm recognizing, yeah, that, you know, we all have that, you know, either left brain, right brain, or our higher self, lower self, or our true being, uh, our true inner being, and our false uh, self, and that there really are two voices, and we can uh, we can choose to give more value and more focus and attention to that inner critic voice that is taking power away from you by telling you I'm not worthy, I'm not whatever, fill in the blank, or you can give more attention to that other voice, which sometimes seems quieter and not so <laughs> verbal, that I am loved, that I am worthy. Uh, so it's interesting that you, that you, the way you phrase it, uh, both in your spoken language patterns as well as your written language patterns, that there are two sides, in fact, and that the first first step is to be aware that you have two voices and they're not the same. And you do make Correct. that distinction in your book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have the per- as a person, you, have the, you, you can decide which one to listen to and follow, and that will impact all of your words, your actions, and the situations that you create subconsciously. And, you know, so a lot of times when people, hey, life just happens to me, and it, it can, and there's a lot of things that are uncontrollable. However, there is a certain level of energy that people don't understand that they may emit that create can create those situations where sometimes it's deja vu when they have that experience of deja vu. So the mm-hmm. key is, is, is by understanding that both sides and able to make the choice where you're operating from a higher level of consciousness to pick the positive side, you're able to really tap into your true being that you can then utilize that energy at a higher level to really you know, create, you know, better situations and create better luck, so to speak, in terms of the laws of attraction to attract better situations to you. So would you share with us a personal experience? You know, what was it? You must have had, I would imagine, some sort of crisis or life circumstance or challenge or something that either broke your heart or made you aware that you, in fact, had these two voices and that put you on this path that has led us to this moment in time today where we are talking about the book that you've authored about mastering your inner critic. Sure. Well, I mean, this all, I mean, this is all based upon my personal experience as well as people that I've coached. But in terms of my personal experience, I had, I had grown up, as I mentioned with a mom and dad, a younger brother at the time, my father was not emotionally available or present. He spent most of the time traveling, was away from the family uh, there was a lot of disconnect with uh, my father and myself, including my brother, and it had tremendous impact negatively on both of us, especially my brother, who to this day uh, never recovered from it. And so there was a lot of verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and as a result of it, you know, I basically turned inward and and I turned to anger, and spent most of my teenage years and my early adult years up until I was around 30 you know, living, living with an anger, even though I could still have a smile on my face and I look like a nice guy and, you know, he's a great guy to hang around with. But meanwhile, there was a lot of anger built up inside of me and I acted out on a lot of the anger. And 
And with those types of negative emotions, it led to many different types of unhealthy behaviors and habits that did not serve me. I had battled with uh, on and off with different types of addictions. Uh, there was not any particular one, but yet a combination. Because again, the, the main issue was the anger. And, and I really, at the time, was, look, was recreating situations where I was looking to get the attention of my father. And I did that with picking people that I worked for, picking bosses that were uh, basically ended up being my father. And there was a disconnect. It was the same thing over and over and over again. And it just, you know, recreated that anger that it just kept, you know, building up inside. And and it wasn't to the point that I hit rock bottom. It was more of an emotional rock bottom where I said to myself that something has to get done. So it was by the grace of God that, you know, I had joined a 12-step program. And at that time, I was refrained from different substances. When I say substance, it was not just alcohol or drugs. Uh, it was a combination of things. You know, it was just addiction is addiction. And I was able to then, you know, take my moral inventory and begin to really look deep inside what was causing this anger. And at the time, while I consciously knew on some level it was my father, I really thought there could be other things associated with it. But uh, when I was able to tie it back, it was the not having that connection with my father. I wanted my father to be someone that he wasn't capable of being. So I was able to say to myself that the only way that you're going to get better is to forgive and to to understand that your father is who he is and to respect that and be able to, if you're going to be happy and begin to turn your life around, that it's my responsibility to do that. So by doing that, I was able to release the root cause, which was my father, by forgiving him from that disconnect that I had as a young child up until uh, where I was at that point and begin to look inward as to how I could start changing my thought process and the habits that would be necessary to provide me a path to my true being that I can then do the things that I'm good at, offer value to people, and create a life that I wanted on my terms. So I was able to go ahead and do that over a period of time And this process that I have in the book worked for me. And I was able to use it with coaching clients later when I got into coaching about four years ago. And and for those that truly committed to the process, they saw that change. They saw for the first time that they felt like a new person, that they had a new direction. And for those, there are people that sometimes are not able to do the process. They can't go through with it for whatever reason and when they're truly ready, they will experience it when they're able to commit full-heartedly to it. But my personal experience, I felt, was something that I, 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 I had to share with other people and that there is a way out and there's a way to control and, and make the decisions through your choice that you can create the life that you want. And it's all a matter of learning how to master that inner critic and begin to you know, implement those habits and behaviors that are going to serve you towards that purpose. Do you think that um, some people are, uh, um, you know, living life having symptoms of, you know, you talk about symptoms of the effect of low self-esteem or procrastination or lack of wealth, um, not knowing that it's that little inner critic in their in their head that's beating them up all the time? 
I firmly do believe that. I, you know, a lot of times people will claim, oh, so that person's lucky, or they came from a, a well-off family, and and there are cases where that that you know that may be the case. However, we're all human beings. We all have you know certain types of experiences. Some have gone through more traumatic experiences than others, but nonetheless, we have very similar experiences. It's a matter of how we manage our inner critic and how we are in tune within ourselves in the present moment to be at a higher level of consciousness to know that we have the the control or the capability to dictate how we can change our lives at any given point. So yes, when it comes to you know having a lack of self confidence or, or there's there's concerns with self image or there's certain things that people have weaknesses in. Now they may be weaknesses because that's what they that's they're not good at it. And they never may ever ever be good at it but be able to really focus on what they are good at. Because I see a lot of times people end up spending more time focusing on the things they're not good at rather than things they are good at that can add value to their lives and others. So the key is, yes, if you're able to look at this and go through a process where you can begin to master your inner critic, you'll begin to see certain things that have been holding you back, like self-confidence and, and other things that, that will, you'll be able to you know, move on from that will create the confidence that you can do these things. And again, you know, all within the certain capabilities that you've been born with. I mean, you know, it's, again, if you're not, if you're five foot six and you're thinking about playing basketball, well, hey, that may not happen. But there's certain things that that you think you can't do that you are capable of doing by mastering your inner critic. Okay, um, you t- you mentioned briefly yeah, the eight pillars of wellness. What are those eight pillars? Well, the eight pillars of wellness, again, are, you know, those are going to be, you've got physical wellness, you have emotional wellness, social wellness, spiritual wellness, intellectual wellness, occupational wellness, uh, you have environmental wellness. So these are different forms of wellness that everybody has mm. and, and, and are often overlooked. So a lot of times people, when they think of wellness, they think of physical wellness. They think of nutrition, working out. But it's much more than that. It's also very important to take care of the spirit and take care of your mind. You know, and that's the emotional side of your well-being. Because, again, when you're not addressing these areas, when one of them is off, they're going to have impact on the other areas that are going to bring them down. You're never going to find a perfect situation, but if you're able to be consciously aware of where you're at across those eight pillars, you're then able to find the, the right things that you can do to improve that you'll get more balance. So now that they're working in synchronization of one another, you're going to be experiencing optimal well-being. And that's going to have an impact not only on your personal life and your relationships, but also within your business. You'll see an increase in productivity, an increase in efficiency, and in, in producing higher, higher revenues for yourself or your company or, uh, or your business. Okay. Um- would you say that, uh, you know, because this is, I think, for a lot of people, a very scary area to go into. Yes. Um, you know, some people have the recognition they have, that they have negative self-talk. And, of course, there are many of those who have no idea that they have negative self-talk. They think that they are their negative self-talk. They don't distinguish that there's, you know, sometimes the negative self-talk is so loud that they don't really hear that other voice, so they don't have enough of a contrast because they're dwelling so much in the negative. But would you say that um, that uh, that 
fear is at the core uh, of all this uh, negative mental, you know, uh, you know, negative self-talk? I believe, on, yes, I would believe that fear is, is closely tied to the negative self-talk. Because if you look at some of the people that, that do certain things, I mean, people that jump off mountains or cliffs, and, you know, hang glide, whatever the case may be. I mean, you, you say to yourself, how do these people do things like that? Because they really know who they are. They know this is what, this is who, what, what defines them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be living if they weren't doing that. And, and there's so many things that I guess people would love to do, but they allow the fear to, you know, to get in the way. And often the fear is a natural thing because, I mean, we've been conditioned since we were children to, you know, be a, you know, if, you know, if you, you know, don't run across the street when there's cars crossing. Mm-hmm. A baby's not going to know that, or a young infant, I mean. But it's taught, to, it's taught that, so we are conditioned. So the key is there are certain things where fear is a positive thing because it does protect us. But at the same mm. token, there's certain things with fear that hold us back from things that we're well capable of doing, but we allow the negative side of our inner critic to tell us that we're not capable. And, uh, and if, it's fe- if it's something that is not going to you know, impact, you know, maybe you know, costing you your life, then by addressing that process, going through that process to address and master your critic, you have the capability now of moving more from the negative side to the positive side to overcome the fear and the procrastination to go towards what you want to accomplish. So are you saying that there is good fear and bad fear? I would say that there, you know, fear is going to be fear, but yeah, I mean, there are, like I said, fear can be a good thing in that it protects us. You know, mm-hmm. Like I said, you're not going to go to a side of a mountain or a cliff and you're just going to jump off and think everything's going to be okay because it's not. You're going to... You're going to perish, but in certain things that don't have that don't impact your life, harm your life in a way that are going to cause death or serious bodily harm, that that's where that would be classified as possibly bad fear, that's holding you back from things that you are capable of doing, if you're able to really understand this process before going forward with what you're trying to accomplish. So in essence, I would say yes. There's going to be good and bad, bad fear. Okay, wow. And it's funny because uh, I think generally speaking, myself, I've always thought of fear as more of a negative thing. But now that you frame it that way, it, may, it that makes sense because fear is also there not only to hurt you, but it also is there to protect you. So it can protect you. I mean, like I said, I mean, if, good, if, yeah. if you were going to go into a, you know, into a, a dark room that you'd, you'd never been you don't know who's on the other side. I mean, there might be something's telling you to hold you back, and may, that could be something that is good because there could be something on, that's not good for you on the other side. However, there are going to be some times where, like I said, I mean, you, when you ask yourself, if I do this, am I going to lose my life? Is this going to hurt me physically or scar me emotionally? And if the answer is no, then you have to really question why am I fearing this? Am I afraid of losing money? Am I afraid of what people may say? Am I afraid that I'm not going to be able to get the words out of my mouth if I'm speaking in front of a group of people? It's really, it's really tied to something with the root cause that's, that, enact, that activates the negative critic to keep you where you're at, to keep you stagnant, stuck where you're at. So at the core, what would you say your book is actually about, and who can it help? This book can help. I mean, it can help anyone. I mean, it, it's, generally, it's generally for the people 
but I, you know, I really, I'm looking to make an emphasis on with business leaders and entrepreneurs, people that really want to take charge with their own personal lives and empower others that while they may be, you know, having success in certain areas of their life, they may be struggling in other areas, but they have the capability of having it all if they desire to find what the root cause is that's holding them back from having success in a certain area of their life or their business. And so this book is really for those that are truly committed to being open-minded and, and are, are ready to adopt change at, you know, with 100% commitment to look at it at another process that can really transform where they are now and where they want to be going forward. So, Chris, tell me, how is it that you – can you give me an example of maybe someone that you've helped recently and, that, and who benefited as a direct result of uh, sure. through your process and your coaching, you know, what the before and after kind of looked like? Sure. I'd like to use this one. Involved? This was a, 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 actually a client I had about four years ago when I first started. And, I mean, full-time when I was doing it full-time. I've been doing this over the years, but full-time. The – I had a gentleman that came to me, and he was a very humble guy, very laid back, and he had come to me because he had been struggling for most of his, well, pretty much his whole adult life with being overweight. When I say overweight, he wasn't obese, but he was about 50, 60 pounds overweight. And he had tried a wide variety of different programs from Jenny Craig to Weight Watchers to Nutrisystem, a bunch of other things. He would, he would have some success, but... When he finished, it would like basically come back again. It was like a seesaw. Like he would have he would have his ups, his downs, but it was never consistent. So at mm-hmm. at the time when he came to me, he was coming to terms that he was going to accept it. This is I guess where I'm where, who I am, and I guess I'm going to be this way the rest of my life. And but he says I want to see if you can help me. And I said, well, I'm I'm going to work with you, but you're going to help be helping yourself. I'm just going to be guiding you towards doing this. So, you know, I went through the process to determine what his root cause was. And at the time, he told me he had a very typical family, you know, a happy family background, a mom and dad, brother and sister, nothing out of the ordinary, no major problems or emotional trauma, nothing along those lines. You know, very happy growing up. And he had been married, but he had been recently divorced. And, but I knew there was something there. So we spent some time talking. I had him doing some, uh, some deep breathing exercises to be in the moment, almost like a form of meditation where he was oh. really trying to get present in the moment, feeling comfortable in his body so he could raise his level of consciousness to find what it may be that might be causing this issue with being overweight. So he came in, we actually talked, this was when I was doing more face-to-face, um, which I do a lot of things over the phone and through Skype now, but he, um, we were talking, and out of nowhere, he just kind of said, well, you know, I remember my mom when, when I was a kid telling me I needed to finish my plate because kids in Africa were starving, and then he went on, on talking about something else, and I said, stop right there, and he said, what? I said, there it is, that's your root cause. He says, what, F- finishing my plate? And I said, no. I said, it's your your mother. He says, I don't have a problem with my mother. I said, I go, I said, it's your mom. And I said it again, and he kind of looked at me, didn't understand where I was going, and I kind of picked up on it. And I said, was your mother slightly dominant? And his eyes just froze, 
like he was like a deer, you know, you know, with you know, like he was just like like he was frozen, a deer in the headlights, so to speak. And I went to expand further, and he, he began to open up a little bit more. This this was never disclosed during the initial conversations. And he began to tell me that his mother was, you know, slightly dominant, that she made all the decisions in the family. She ran the house. That was for, the, for the, her, her, him, the brother, sister, even the husband. He was very passive. And the kids weren't allowed to make their own decisions. She did everything for them, you know, fed them, clothed them, you know, did projects and basically did the projects for them without them getting involved, you know, just watching so this guy didn't have the skills necessary to do certain things on his own, to take charge of his own life. And so as a result of that, I said, there was your root cause. You were never given the chance as a child to, to develop the skills necessary to be sufficient to take care of yourself and do certain things. And as a result of that, you covered it up by satisfying your mother by eating more. And he, you know, he, and he ended up telling me, yeah, I would eat two or three plates. And I said, wow. subconsciously, he knew that, but at a conscious level, he didn't. It wasn't, through, it wasn't until he went through the, the deep breathing exercises to be in the moment over a period of time before that began to surface from the subconscious mind to the conscious mind that that came out. But yet still, he, couldn't, he didn't understand what it was until okay. I, I saw it. And from there, we were able to... He was able to accept his mother for who she was. He had no resentments towards her. He was able to figure out that was the problem and was able to move forward. And it was kind of funny because the woman he had originally been married to was also dominant. He married, basically married his mother. And you know, four years later, this gentleman now is 50 pounds lighter, has held that weight off, and wow. he's with a, a new woman who is completely opposite of his first wife, and he's having success. He's beginning to, he's coming out of his comfort zone, taking on more responsibilities at work, and he was amazed because, again, it was something that was, even in his case, very, very minor. I mean, no major issues, but yet that something like that was his root cause and subconsciously was holding him back from having better health, you know, having higher self-esteem as a result now because he was, you know, at the time overweight and having more confidence to step out of his comfort zone to begin to take more responsibilities in his job. So I like to use that example because it just reflects an everyday person and with somebody that didn't have a lot of major issues in, the, in their background. It doesn't have to be something major. It can be something very, very minor. But it's something just enough that's going to prevent somebody from being who they really, who they truly are and what they're capable of. So it sounds like it was really a subtlety because it sounds to me by what what I heard you say about this client, he, he seemed to have a good relationship with his mother, so he didn't recognize. Yeah, he did. I, but I think he was conditioned to think that that's how it was. That you know, moms were you know, were to make all the decisions. It was all he knew. And that's why he gravitated towards women that would take control. And that's why he married his first wife was the same way. And, and I think on some level, he subconsciously knew he didn't want this, but subconsciously didn't know. And that's why there was this conflict, and that's why his marriage dissolved. And, but still couldn't come to terms with what it was, why he couldn't keep the weight off why he kept, you know, he couldn't just keep it 
sustainable. He would lose a little bit and it would come right back again. But again, it was this, this, this root cause that was causing this. And, and like I said, like I said, once he was able to identify it and release it and adopt healthier habits and behaviors to replace the old, the old ways, he was then at that point be able to move forward and make progress. And that's what he's, what he's done to this date. So it sounds like through the process that you take people through, you're kind of like a doctor where you're through, you know, speaking and through bringing awareness, you're able to scan, in a sense, scan someone and recognize where that, we're using the word root cause, but it's no different than a doctor finding an undiagnosed tumor that's causing harm and pain inside the body, and you're able to bring it to the awareness and to the surface of the person so that now it can be disposed of and now you know, the body now can regain its balance and health so that you're you know you're rejuvenated and you're re- restored absolutely i you know like i said i i always make it very clear with people or clients or prospects when they come to me i claim that i'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a doctor i'm an advocate and i'm speaking from experience and and sometimes they're, they're, I mean, people want that. They they want either. I've had people that have worked with with uh, you know physical you know with uh, therapists, and they've worked with me, and they get a dual approach, and they've benefited both from both ways. Or sometimes they actually had more success with me because I was able to relate to them and connect with them because I've been through it. And 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 I find when you come from experience and you can connect with somebody at an emotional level, and they want to get better. They want to be able to, to make the decision on, their, on themselves that I want to do this and get better. I don't have to tell them what to do or how to do it. First, they, I, we connect, and then they want to do this, and then I show them how they can go about doing it. So it's almost like I do everything the opposite way, and, 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 and I have better success with people that follow that process. And, of course, there are going to be people that, they're just not ready for it, you know. They can't. They just can't seem to follow all the steps, and they're not ready. And and that's okay. They're not. They're they're just not at that point. And but you know, it's it's definitely for somebody that truly wants to change where they are now and where they want to be. And we really look to help them focus on their goals, who they are, what their strengths are. And my goal setting is a big part of it too is you know getting very specific on what the, what what they're trying to go for very detailed time sensitive and accountability plays an important role cuz you know the, a lot of times people don't follow through because they don't have the right accountability in the beginning and that's something that's extremely important during this process well and how important is it for people to not only have the goals but be very very specific about what it is that they want they yeah they have to see the problem is I see a lot of people will have goals but it, they're very vague and there's no time limit to them and there's and, and because they're vague they're very hard to manifest or they have a long term goal and there's nothing broken down into smaller attainable goals so what happens is they become overwhelmed and that leads to fear that then triggers procrastination and then nothing they they get nowhere but if you're able to take a long-term goal and make it very specific time time sensitive where there's a time limit on it 
and then begin to break it down into smaller attainable goals by the week, by the month, by the quarter, you know, semi-annual, annual. So it's a roadmap. So they know exactly what they have to do every day, every week, every month. And if there is a setback or something throws them off slightly, they can, that's okay. We can just get back, you know, hop back on and just keep going forward. But we don't keep jumping ahead to something until we've accomplished what we've had on our goals before going to the next step. So the key is is never to kind of be jumping all around, multitasking, but to really follow the road, the, the, the game plan that you that we lay out for you. When I say we, I mean that's the person that's doing this and myself to help that that they follow this game plan and then never come, never try to get off course from it towards their long term goal. Hello? Oh. Lillian? Chris? Yes. Sorry about that. I lost connection on our dashboard. Uh, but oh, I'm that's okay. I just heard I heard voices in the background. I didn't know what happened. Yeah, it's the first time that's ever happened. That was kind of strange. I apologize for that. But as you were saying, well, and so you're saying that the goals have to be very specific. They have to have um, a due date, and they have to be basically chunked down from a longer-term goal into a shorter term. Smaller attainable goals. Yeah, very, very specific. I I had a – I've had – uh, a woman that and this is recent that I did this with uh, that was trying to start a business and and it was her root cause that had been holding her back for three years to get this business off the ground and when we went through this process she said I can't do this I don't I, I, I this is too much I mean you could just tell she was very uncomfortable and but we made it we made it we took it in, in steps we made it very comfortable it wasn't like you know hey you have to just get this done now but she was able to get through it and be able to write out these goals. And she actually, when she was done, she was like, I, I, I can't believe I was we did this. I, I said, we didn't. I said, you did this. I, I helped you, but you did it. But she was able to do it. And then she could now see her goal. It was almost like it was within her reach. You know, it's two years, you know, away. She can almost grab it. All she has to do now is follow this game plan to get there. And... You know, and everything she does is going to lead up, roll up to the next one, to the next goal, to the next smaller goal, to the next one, till she gets to where she wants to be. And then from there, reassess where she is, where she wants to go from there, and do the process again. And how long do you work with people? You know, do do they start with you and end up having to be married with you <laughs> for life? In order no, to, well, it, yeah. I mean, there's different. I, I mean, my programs are customized, but but typically I do a, like a standard one would be a six week program where we go through the seven steps, and then a lot of times people will be doing this, um, you know, you know, on their own or with an accountability partner. It can whether it could be me or someone they designate as their accountability partner. And, of course, you know, they, there are programs if somebody needs to have me with them, we could do it over a longer period of time. So it really comes down to the individual and what they're looking for and what's going to be important to them. And, 
Uh, but typically it's a it's a six week program. Wonderful. And I would imagine that that six week program. How much time is spent in that six week program? Is we we typically we have a one hour call per week, and then during the week there will be certain things that people will have to do, and then there will be some you know checkups within by email or text whatever the person prefers, and then if they if they want to need to call me, we'll have like a call or two in between if if something has to be discussed on a very you know on a small level like maybe five minutes or so, but you know within the hour we're able to get a lot accomplished. And again, every person's different. So, so there are some people that may require a longer period of time where we may need to do this over three months or six months, depending upon their situation. Because sometimes it's hard for somebody to even find their root cause within the first few weeks or three weeks. They're not ready. And so, again, it really comes down to the person. And, and again, it's going to be their level of commitment to really want to change. And when they do, that's when they start to see things start to start change, you know, change towards what they want, where they're going. Did you ever have anybody who you thought, boy, I don't think I'm going to be able to help this person? Either they're too closed, or they're too resistant, or they're they're um, just, you know, too much of a lost cause. Uh, and did you have a circumstance like that where then you were pleasantly surprised, where all of a sudden they had a breakthrough and? It miraculously came together. Yeah, I mean, I've I actually have had those before where I've, you know, I've seen some people where I said, I, I you know, and especially in the beginning where I said, well, this person's really shut down. I, I don't think this is going to work. And I actually said, I don't think you're ready. And, you know, I'm happy to refund your money. And we can maybe look at this down the road. I don't think this is, you're ready for this. And he, no, he said, I want to do this. I just, I, you know, I'm just, I, it's hard for me. And so there are cases where that happens, and then there are cases, obviously, where, you know, you think that you're going to maybe get someone to, you know, and then it doesn't happen. You know, so so it's not a perfect thing. Um, again, it comes down to the person, you know, because as a as a guide, as a change facilitator, I'm here to guide and to connect with that person to make them feel comfortable, and I do a great job of doing that. But however, there are going to be cases where someone just is not ready. They want it. They think they're ready, but they're not, and that's okay. It's just that now they know that there's somewhere they can do this when they are ready. It's just they have to be able to have faith and make that step forward and, and dive in with both feet to to uh, you know go through this process and know that on the other side they're gonna you know they're gonna have be able to have the life that they desire by going through it, but it, it, it's not, there's no magic wand. There, you know, it can, for some people it can be very painful. Some it's a lot easier than they thought. It really comes down to the individual. What's the youngest age you work with? I can work with, I mean, I typically, I, I, I coach kids, believe it or not. I coach, well, when I say coach, I coach baseball for young kids oh. uh, from eight, 8 to 10 years old. But I typically would think that anybody that were 14 years and up, would be, you know, would be in my sweet spot in terms of, especially if they're young, it's actually even better because now you catch them early where you can make these changes early. And not, and not necessarily sometimes young people are not ready for it, so, you know, but but it, usually the, most of the people tend to be in their, I would say anywhere between 30 to like 60, anywhere in between. That's typically where, what I'm working with. Wow. Um, 
which of your experiences as you've done this process, which would you say is your biggest accomplishment, the one that you felt from a heart space was your biggest accomplishment? Well, I would say that there, there's a lot of them. I mean, because I would say that there's nobody that's been really unique because everyone typically, like some people have more traumatic experiences than others. But I like to use the one that I did with, with the example I gave you about the guy that, that lost the weight because the reason why was because that one was so, he didn't realize he had a problem. He, I mean, he grew up, like I said, there was no, you know, emotional abuse, no physical abuse, verbal abuse in his family. You know, the, you know, the family went on vacations. They did all these things and had a Nothing very obvious. good childhood. Mm-hmm. And most of the people I'm, I'm talking to, there's, there's been issues. A parent, you know, neglected them or a parent was not in their life or they were abused. And these are people that, are, you know, that are, could, could be successful people too. I mean, they were able to, you know, have success but yet they're still part of some of these demons that haunt them. So I, I work with them, but, but I like the fact that one I used as the example, and I like to use him as the example because it was something that he just felt that he was just overweight. That's just who he was, mm-hmm. and he didn't realize he had a problem. Because it took us wow. four weeks, almost five weeks, almost a f- full six-week six program to find his root cause because he, he wouldn't disclose any of this stuff. I, you know, it... it but yeah. he had to go through the deep breathing, you know, the, the, and a lot of the, the, you know, the exercises to be in the moment, in the present moment, before he was able to get this out of his subconscious mind into the conscious level where this just came out. Because more or less, he just spit it out when we were talking. He didn't even realize what Not he was Not even telling. realizing. Yeah. Not yeah, even realizing. Sounds- That's why I like to use that one, because that one is especially for people that where they, they think, well, I, I really don't have any issues. I had a great family, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Something's holding me back, and I just don't know what it is. I can't, and I I have no answers. That's how I like to use him, and I I do use him, and he's given me permission to use his story. I can't use his name, but I use his story because it it, it can relate to everyday people because some people are going to have more issues, and still when I hear that, that maybe gets them to start thinking about it, And, and, and also for people that think, hey, I don't have any problems. Everything's fine with me. I just don't seem to have the luck that other people have, and maybe that, but that's not the case. I want them to know that it's not about because somebody else has better luck than you. We all create our own luck, but the only way you're going to create your own luck is be able to really look at what may be holding you back from creating that luck, and there's something there. We just have to find it. Yeah, it sounds to me like you really meet people where they're at, and it's not a a painful process. It sounds like you're very gentle, very thorough, in your discovery and, and creating a, a, a comfortable environment where people can really open up, even those who don't want to, like this gentleman who didn't seem to be uh, uh, very open, but at the same and he also was not aware of any major traumas, and he didn't have any major trauma. But uh, obviously it's something as subtle as what you shared about him, that his mother said, just finish everything off your plate, and the attitude that she, you know, she, you know, she. I don't want to say impose in a negative way, but you know, she was yeah. just in in her ground of being. That's just how she's wired, and so yeah. how he reacted to that, unbeknownst to him, because he was unaware, this was creating the root cause that was making him, you know, finish everything on his plate wherever. You know, knowing what we know, when we go out to restaurants, we can see how the poor. You know, there's such a vast difference between one restaurant and the other, and and over the years restaurants have supersized the portions that they, you know, yep. give us. So 
you can see if you finish everything off your plate, you're going to grow sideways. You're going to grow exactly. But but like I said, if if you if you're conscious to your your who you are and your well-being, then you you know that where there you can stop. You know you know when to stop or you know what foods are going to serve you rather than not serve you. And so while there's like, you know, there's an education in itself with that by being having a higher level of consciousness towards that, that's what will you know, to make people more aware of that they have control over what, what to do and when to stop. Yeah. We're almost here at the top of the hour, but I wanted to find out also, do you have any up, upcoming speaking engagements where you're actually speaking live? I'm going to be um, speaking at, for an insurance association uh, this November in Connecticut. Uh, I'm going to be talking about wellness and the impact on business, so a lot of uh, insurance professionals in the pretty much in the tri-state area of uh, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, will be there. And so they'll get to learn a little bit more about how maybe if their wellness is out of balance, what impact that's having on their business. Fantastic. Well, Chris, this has been a great hour having you on the show, and thank you for sharing your secrets to success on how to release that you know inner critic that we have. We all have that inner critic in our in our minds and in our brains, and um, shedding light to a, a very, I think this is one of the fundamental keys to success because being able to distinguish, you know, that inner critic, your, you know, your false self and your true self, I think is one of the first steps to creating everlasting change and really le- leading the life and the purpose for which you were brought forth. Absolutely. So thank you for being on the Bottom Line Show live. And, uh, just peace and love always to you, Chris. It's been an exciting hour. And Thank you so much listener. for having me. Yes, I want to direct everyone to go to Chris's website, ChristopherSalem.com. His book is uh, available for sale on his site for the for the first person to reach out to to Chris either by phone or by email. You will be receiving a first copy, a copy of that book. And I believe you just had this book published, didn't you, Chris? Yeah, it's actually going to be released in ebook. It's It got delayed a little bit. It'll be out uh, the uh, next week and then on soft copy by the end of the month. But if you uh, send in a request, I'll make sure the first person will get the, the first soft copy book or ebook of the, their choice as it comes off the press. Fantastic. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the author of Master Your Inner Critic, Christopher Salem. Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you so much. Everyone have a great day. You too.